Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and the Titan's Curse, Chapter 8. I make a dangerous promise. Blackjack gave me a ride down the beach, and I have to admit it was pretty cool. Being on a flying horse, skimming over the waves at 100 miles an hour, with the wind in my hair and the sea spray in my face. Hey, it beats water skiing any day. Here. Blackjack slowed and turned in a circle, straight down. Thanks. I tumbled off his back and plunged it into the icy sea. I'd got more comfortable doing stunts like that in the past couple of years. I could pretty much move however I wanted on to underwater, and just by willing the ocean currents to change around me and propel me along. I could breathe underwater, no problem, and my clothes never got wet, wet unless I wanted them to. I shot down into the darkness. Eight, ten, twelve meters. The pressure wasn't uncomfortable. I'd, n- I'd never try to push it to see if there was a limit to how deep I could dive. I knew the most regular humans couldn't go past 65 meters without crumpling like a tin can. It should have been blinded, too, this deep in the water at night, but I could see the heat from living forms and the cold of the currents. It's hard to describe. It wasn't like regular seeing, but I could tell where everything was. As I got closer to the bottom... I saw three hippocampi, fish-tailed horses, swimming in a circle around an overturned boat. The hippocampi were beautiful to watch. Their fish tails shimmered in the in rainbow colors, glowing for a rosiphant. Their manes were white, and they were galloping through the water the way nervous horses do in a thunderstorm. Something was upsetting them. I got closer and saw the problem. A dark shape, some kind of animal, which wet, was wedged halfway under the boat, entangled in a fishing net. One of those big nets they use on trawlers to catch everything at once. I hated those things. It had a bun it was bad enough they drowned purposes and dolphins, but they also occasionally caught my- mythological animals. When the nets got tangled, some lazy fishermen would just cut them loose and let the trapped animals die. Apparently this poor creature had been mucking around on the bottom of Long Island and had somehow got itself tangled in the net of this sunken fishing boat. It had tried to get out and mangled and managed to get even more hopelessly stuck, shifting the boat in the process. Now the wreckage of a hole, of the hole with the, which was resting against a big rock was teetering and threatening to collapse on top of the tangled animal. The hippocampi were swimming around frantically, wanting to help, but not sure how. One was trying to chew the net, but hippocampi teeth just aren't meant for cutting rope. Hippocampi hippocampi are really strong, but they don't have hands, and they're not, shh, all that smart. Free it, Lord! The hippocampus said a hippocampus when it saw me. The others joined in, asking the same thing. I swam in for a closer look at the tangled creature. At first, I thought it was a young hippocampus. I'd rescued several several of them before, but when I heard the strange sound, something that didn't belong underwater. Moo! I got next to the thing and saw that it was a cow. I mean, I've heard of sea cows like man, manatees and stuff, but this is was really a cow with the back end of a serpent. The front half was a calf, a baby, the black fur and big sour brown eyes. Sad brown eyes with a white muzzle, and its bl- back half was a black and brown snaky tail with its fins running down the top and bottom, like an enormous eel. 
Whoa, little one, I said. Where do you come from? The creature looked at me sadly. Moo. But I couldn't understand its thoughts. I only speak horse. We don't know what it is, Lord, one of the hippocampus said. Many string strange things are stirring. Yeah, I muttered, so I've heard. I kept drift-tied and the sword grew to full length in my hands, its broad bronze gl- blade gleaming in the dark. The cow serpent freaked out and started shrugging, struggling against its the net, its eyes full of terror. Whoa, I said, I'm not going to hurt you. Just let me cut the net. But the cow serpent thrashed around and got even more tangled. The boat started to tilt, stirring up the muck on the sea bottom and threatening to topple onto the cow serpent. The hippocampi whinnied him in a panic and thrashed in the water, which didn't help. Okay, okay, I said. I put down, I put away the sword and started pe- speaking as calmly as I could to the hippocampi and the cow serpent and hoped that they would stop panicking. I didn't know if it was possible to get stampled underwater, stampeded underwater, but I really didn't want to find out. It's cool, no sword, see? No sword. Calm thoughts, seagrass, mama cow, vegetarianism. I doubted the cow serpent understood what I was saying, but it responded to the tone of my voice. The hippocampi were still skittish, but they stopped swirling around me quite so fast. Free it, lord! They pleaded. Yeah, I said. I got that part. I'm thinking. How could I free the cow serpent? And she, I decided it was probably a she, panicked at the sight of a blade. It was like she'd seen swords before and knew how dangerous they were. All right, I told the hippocampi. I need all of you to push exactly the way I tell you. First, we started with the boat. It wasn't easy, but with the strength of three horsepower, we managed to shift the wreckage so it was no longer threatening to collapse on the baby cow serpent. Then, I went to work on the net, untangling a section by section, getting lead weights, lead weights, and fishing hooks straightened out, yanking out knots around the cow serpent's hooves. It took forever. I mean, it was worse than the time I'd had to untangle all my video game controller wires. The the whole time, I kept talking to the cowfish, telling her everything was okay while she mooed and moaned. It's okay, Bessie, I said. Don't ask me why I started calling her that. It just seemed like a good cow name. Good cow, nice cow. Finally, the net came off, and the cow serpent zipped through the water and did a happy somersault. The hippocampi whinnied with joy. Thank you, Lord. Moo! The cow serpent nuzzled me and gave me the brown eyes. Big brown eyes. Yeah, I said. That's nice. That's okay. Nice cow. Well, stay out of trouble. Which reminded me. I'd been under lo- underwater how long? An hour at least. I had to get back to my cabin before the harpies or Argus discovered I was I was breaking curfew. I shot to the surface and broke through. Immediately, Blackjack zoomed down to to let me catch hold of his neck. He lifted me into the air and took me back towards the shores. Success, boss? Yeah, we rescued a baby. Something or other. Took forever. Almost got stampeded. Good deeds are always dangerous, boss. You saved my sorry mane, didn't you? I couldn't help thinking about Annabeth in my dream, crumpling and, crumpled and lifeless in Luke's arms. Heroes rescuing baby monsters when I couldn't save my friend. As Blackjack flew towards the cabin, I happened to glance at the dining pavilion. I saw a figure, a boy hunkered down beneath a great column, like he was hiding from someone. 
It was Nico, but it wasn't even dawn yet. Nowhere near time for breakfast. What was he doing up there? I hesitated. The last thing I wanted was for more for Nico to tell me about his mythomagic game. But something was wrong. I could tell by the way he was crouching. Blackjack, I said, set me down over there, will you? Behind that column? I almost blew it. I was coming up the steps behind Nico. He didn't see me at all. He was behind a column, peeking around the corner, all his attention focused on the dining area. I was two meters away from him, and I would have said, What are you doing? Really, Real loud, when it occurred to me that he was pulling a Grover. He was spying on the hunters. There were voices, two girls talking at one of the dining tables. At this ungodly hour of the morning? Well, unless you're the goddess of dawn, I guess. I took Annabeth's cap out of my pocket and put it on. I didn't feel any different, but when I raised my arms, I couldn't see them. I was invisible. I crept up to Nico and sneaked around him. I couldn't see the girls very well in the dark, but I knew their voices. Zoe and Bianca. It sounded like they were arguing. It cannot be cured, Zoe was saying. Not quickly, at any rate. But how did it ca- happen? Bianca asked. A foolish prank, Zoe growled. Those stole brothers from the Hermes cabin. Sent her bread is like blood is like acid. Everybody knows that. They sprayed the inside of that Artemis hunting toy t-shirt with it. That's terrible. She will live, Zoe said. But she will be beridden for weeks with horrible hives. There is no way she can go. It's up to me. And thee. That rhymes. But the prophecy, Bianca said. If Phoebe can't go, we only have four. We have to pick another. There is no time, Zoe said. We must leave at first light. That's immediately. Besides, the prophecy says we would lose one. In the land without rain, Bianca said. But that can't be here. It might be, Zoe said. Zoe said, though she didn't seem convinced. The camp has magic borders. Nothing, not even weather, is allowed in without permission. It could be a land without rain. But, Bianca, hear me. Zoe's voice was strained. I I can't explain, but I have to but I have a sense that she we should not pick someone else. It would be too dangerous. They would meet an end worse than Phoebe's. I don't want Chiron choosing a camper as our fifth companion, and I don't want to risk another hunter. Bianca was silent. You should tell Thalia and the rest of the your the rest of your dream. No, it would not help. But if your su- sp- suspicions are correct about the general, I have thy word not to talk about that, Zoe said. She sounded really ang- anguished. We will find out soon enough. Now come, dawn is breaking. Nico scooted out of their way. He was faster than me as the girls sprinted down the steps. Zoe almost ran into me. She froze, her eyes narrowing. Her hand crept towards her bow, but then Bianca said, The lights of the big house are on. Hurry! And Zoe followed her out of the pavilion. I could tell what Nico was thinking. He took a deep breath, and and I was a, and he was about to run after his sister when he took off the invisibility cap and said, Wait. He almost slipped on the icy steps as he spun around to find me. Where did you come from? I've been here the whole time, invisible. He mouthed the word, invisible. Whoa, cool. How do you know Zoe and your sister were here? He blushed. I heard them walk by the Hermes cabin. I don't I don't sleep too well at camp. So I heard footsteps and them whispering. 
and so it kind of followed. And now you're thinking about following them on the quest, I guessed. How did you know that? Because if it was my sister, I'd probably be thinking the same thing. But you can't. He looked defiant. Defiant. Because I'm too young? Because they won't let you. They'll catch you and send you back here. And yeah, because you're too young. You remember the manticore? It would be lots more like that. More dangerous. Some of the heroes will die. His shoulders sagged. He shifted from foot to foot. Maybe you're right. But you can go for me. Say what? You can turn invisible. You can go. The hunters don't like boys, I reminded him. If they find out, they don't let them find out. Follow them invisibly. Keep an eye on my sister. You have to. Please? Nico, you're planning to go anyway, aren't you? I wanted to say no, but he looked me in the eyes, and I could could somehow not lie to him. Yeah, I said. I have to find Annabeth. I have to help, even if they don't want me to. I won't tell on you, he said. You have to promise to keep my sister safe. I... That's a big thing to promise, Nico, on a trip like this. Besides, she's got Zoe, Grover, and Thalia. Promise, he insisted. I'll do my best. I promise that. Get going, then, he said. Good luck. It was crazy. I wasn't packed. I had nothing but the cap and the sword and the clothes I was wearing. I was supposed to get going... I was supposed to be going home to Manhattan this morning. Tell Chiron... I'll make something up, Nico said crookedly. Smiled crookedly. I'm good at that. Go on. I ran, putting on Annabeth's cap. As the sun came up, I turned invisible. I hit the top of the Half-Blood Hill in time to see the camp's van disappear down the farm road, probably Argus taking the quest group into the city. After that, they would be on their own. I felt a twinge of guilt and stupidity, too. How was I supposed to get keep up with them? Run? Then I heard the beating of huge wings. Blackjack landed next to me. He began casually nuzzling, nuzzling a few tuf- tufts of grass that stuck around the ice, through the ice. If I was guessing, boss, I'd say you need a getaway horse. You interested? A lump of gratitude stuck in my throat, but I managed to say, Yeah, let's fly. And that is chapter 8. I hope you had a good time listening to me read this chapter and that you will keep it on keep on listening to me read through this journey of Percy Jackson. Dang, I'm getting good at this thing. Uh <laughs> um Yeah, tried to be a little more careful when I was like flipping the pages. I listened to one of my episodes and I'm like, "What? What in the world? I can hear so much like Yeah, like, pages flipping and stuff. Yeah, not good. And uh, even if uh, if you're listening to this and you enjoy, but you, if I'm, like, mumbling or something, like, I'm talking like this or making some weird voice or something, then you could, um, I mean, you could either go to a local library or you could... Um, just buy the book or see if anyone you know has it or if you have a school, if your school has it or something. And maybe you might not be able to go to school or the library. And then you could just, because of the new Omicron thingy, COVID. But if you are listening to my podcast, you consider getting the book. It's 
Yeah. And there I'm doing some free commercial. Please don't copyright me. Please don't. <laughs>